Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Prep Talk podcast hosted by Max Anthony FBA, Big Cat FBA, and Pete's Flips. Today, we have a very special guest in Stephen Does Business, um, one of our close friends, but I uh, wanted to save this pod uh, for post-December. Uh, welcome, Stephen. Thanks for thanks for joining. Anytime. Any of you, boys. Oh, I appreciate it. Um, all right. So um, we didn't really do a formal intro uh, to the audience of Sets with Stephen, but could you share a little bit about where that came from and then what your goal of that is? Because you're, you're kind of our unofficial fourth host at this point, which is cool to see. So me and Kat, we'll go back. Me and Kat were at the gym and our one mutual friend, all our mutual friend, but close with them, and called me earlier today, asked me a question. And then a couple hours later, Kat gets a call getting the same question. And we're like, well, we need some way to help these people, these newer sellers, really understand the, like, the basics. Because like, me and Kat gave the exact same answer. And we're like, why would you call both of us when we gave the same answer? Because we're both very qualified sellers to answer the question. And that's how Seth with Steven started. Okay, awesome. So really the goal there is to offer another perspective, um, allow Steven really to just rant on topics. That's really our goal there because you get Steven going and some good stuff will come out. Um, so really, really excited about that. We'll be have, having more episodes dropping in the future. Um, as long as Steven is in the US, we can continue to film. Um, but you, but kind of leading into that, you have um, really taken advantage of the location freedom that Amazon offers. Um, how, what does that look like in your life? And then uh, how do you kind of play that to your advantage? So we grinded our butt off for a year and a half from most of it. And then now, like, we built this business to be able to travel. So the last two and a half weeks I've been in Florida. I'm here for another week. We have a place down here. And then I guess I'm going to bounce to Thailand for a few months or for at least a month. And then I'm traveling around the U.S. in like mid-March, which will be fun and building the business at the same time. And like having my VAs are good, like uh, prep centers. I have everything kind of outsourced. Point that like I kind of run my business like almost like a wholesale business. I'll just go really deep on like a day like and then just spend a ton of money and then I'll be done for a while. Um, that's how a lot of my business looks and works. So I'm not usually sourcing daily or if I am, I'm just doing it for an hour, not all day. So that's how I try to balance that aspects and work on other projects within my Amazon business as I travel. Yeah, that, that's something I've noticed about you is that you really work in like sprints. So like you'll work in like a three month sprint and then you'll take a couple weeks of not as much activity. You'll go travel, do things you enjoy doing, which, you know, most roles would not allow for. So that's, that's really cool. You really do run it like a wholesale business. It's pretty interesting the way just behind the scenes, how you do operate stuff. It, it's, I think it's kind of unique. I think there's a few other people. I think once you reach the point, um, you know, when you're doing multiple six figures per month, you kind of have to do that. Otherwise, it's just like not really feasible. Um, but I did kind of want to ask you, I did have a few questions. I know we're going back to your humble beginnings over here. Um, I don't think a lot of people know your like full, full story from the very beginning. Do you kind of want to just recap for everyone? Because I'm pretty sure like you were in the uh, the scrunches sifting through the uh, trash bin 
making some flips and uh, flips and kicks over there and doing all, all that type of stuff. So if you want to kind of go into that, it'd be cool. Absolutely. So we'll go back. Eighth grade, this kid put me on selling shoes from Ross Dresser last on eBay. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> we're going back. You want to go back when I was in the trip? We've all done it. <laughs> Started with that. Then um, I did that for a couple of years. I was doing like regular flips. Shout out to anyone who sold shoes. Jordan won off white Chicago's. I got manually off a drop. Yeah. What size? What size? Like 13. I sold it for like a like thousand bucks. Like that sneaker con. Now it's worth like six K. Um, but and then so I did some like thrifting and like going to the garage sales, got out of it. I got like a really good paying job in high school. Like got paid like fifty two dollars an hour as a commercial roofer. Got out of reselling, got bored of that, like after doing that for four years in high school. And I started flipping again on eBay and going to thrift stores, garage sales. I was doing like twenty, thirty thousand a month that way. And that's a lot more profit versus Amazon. You do lower numbers, but your ROI is significantly higher. What, and then what were those items? Was that like books or what were you doing? Electro a lot of electronics, um, like stereo systems, receivers. Just because I could buy them for ten bucks, flip them for a hundred, which is like one of the best ways to start reselling. Crazy, yeah, crazy money. margin. Yeah, yeah, like I was making like I don't know, seven, eight k a month. I think. Don't quote me on that. I could be really off. About that. But, um, and then I was moving to Florida last year, and I had to figure out how not to get a real job and how to still make money. So after a little research, came across Amazon and flipping these books, and in my fashion, like these guys know me, I just scale to the moon. Like me, like so, I quit the I quit the eBay stuff. Literally like cold turkey, went all into flipping used books on Amazon, and then scaled that. Did RA, then scaled RA to like thirty, forty thousand a month, um, and then. Like so, my RA was all based in PA. Like I don't like I only went to one store, and that chain was not uh, Florida. So I would actually fly up for that, and then we would, and then I had to figure out. So I bought a coaching program. I watched Closer Miles. I watched Warner Fields. And so you then, were you were living in Florida, and then you were flying up. I think I caught you on the tailwind of this. Uh, nah, maybe yeah. not. I don't no, know. no, no. Pete caught me on the tailwind of that. I was the only one that's ever caught me on the Because I do, I do remember you saying a few times, like, oh, I'm flying up to go purchase and then coming back down. Like, I think I was like a month or two after that. But so you were living in Florida. You were so – just so people can understand the hustle. Because I think some people like – you know, I mean, Amazon, you know, you can definitely take it to whatever level you want. But this dude was living in a different state, flying to another state, doing RA, <laughs> ripping tens of thousands of dollars <laughs> – and then just flying back home. Yeah. Well, it, it kind of, it want, I'd like to transition into like why that's possible. So I've done RA with Steven where I, I just kind of, I was the co-pilot. <laughs> but um, this man creates relationships with folks in the stores that I, I haven't seen. Can you speak a little bit to that? Like how, kind of, you know, provide the audience a little bit of value there. How you think about uh, doing RA and why you've been so successful with it. So RA isn't going in stores and scanning. That's that's not the right way to do RA. In my eyes, you can make a lot of money doing that. What I do is I build relationships. So I kind of build like a wholesale account. Like like I have stores and stuff. And like even then, like 
I would be calling them to place orders for me. Like, and we're building these connections, it made it so it was just easy, like just easier to get product and they liked it a lot. So that's like how I built it. It's so like, we have a store right now that we can go in there and like, we'll spend a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. And, that, and like, I did that, like I did that today. A retail, so, retail store. Retail, retail store. Yup. You, I, I, I honestly under, don't understand why you've never just done, gone into whole full wholesale. I mean, I guess you're just so good at what you do. You can. But like you almost do, ev- you almost do, ev- you literally, not almost, you do everything possible to become a wholesale seller without actually doing like, like hundred percent wholesale. Like you, you treat the OA like wholesale. It's like you might as well just do it. Anything in the name to avoid outreach. I hate outreach as a passion. Yeah. Like, but, hate it. but you're, but you're really good in person. Like you're really good in person. You, like these store managers, I mean, I'm sure some don't really not very fond of you, but some, like some of them love you. They, they 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 light up when they see you. Yeah. So you know, you pretty much do everything except actually go wholesale. And you're kind of saying that you know you were spending a hundred thousand dollars in the retail, and then I guess Pete was kind of just talking about how you know you build these relationships with the store manager. What was like the first time that I guess you really kind of like were like, hey man, I need to. How do you, how do you how do you approach that conversation, right? Because I think people. They get nervous and they don't really know what to say to a manager. They're like, hey, um, I sell on Amazon. I need a thousand units. Like, no, you can't say that. Like, so what do you actually approach them with? And then how do you kind of gauge if this person is approachable or not? You gauge it off that you don't start a business. You're, hey, how you doing? It's not like if it's like the I would do a lot of RA back in the day. Um, they were all in, independently owned and operated. Like it was a grocery outlet. I would kill it on that. I would do it. They're independently owned and operated. So what happens is each store man store, there's an owner, like they're franchised out, which means if you wanted to order something, you could ask them to order if it's still available. And with that, you build those connections up in the relationship. So they feel kind of ordering something for you and then you'll actually pick it up. Um, and like, I was willing to deal with them. And I would go in there and literally, what are other Amazon sellers buying? Like that was literally one of my questions I would ask them once oh, wow. I had that up. I would seek out the owners of a lot of the stores that knew me well and liked me. And I'd be like, what are other Amazon sellers buying? Because they would literally point me up what other people are buying. Like nobody else is asking those questions. Yeah. Well, it, 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 it gets into a point that I've been thinking about recently is that I think that we sometimes overlook the people that are like in at the front line talking to customers every day or whatever the topic is. They have so much like anecdotal data that you can tap into. You don't even have to look at you, you, you. They will say what the product is. You then go pop into the seller amp and you're like, oh yeah, they're, they're right. <laughs> like they know what's happening. They know it's a bolo. They don't know how to articulate it, but I can pull that out of them. And they, 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 half the time, they send you on some wild goose chase. But the other half of the time, they're kicking me bills. Like they, they make me money. And that's like, in the day, like it's better to ask a question, get sent to the wrong product or something that's not good versus not asking at all. Because, like, even when you ask them, like, like if they're like, oh, what do you do? Like, why are you buying all this stuff? Oh, yeah, I, like, if it's a cool store, too. You have the store, you got to be low-key. But a lot of them, you can be like, oh, yeah, I sell on Amazon. Like, they're like, oh, cool, how do I get into it? I'm going to be honest. I've told a million people to sell on Amazon. Like, I don't know many people that are still doing it. Like, <laughs> one or two, man. You know, and that's not a bad thing. But, like, tell them what you – try to help them. Because you even try to help them in that aspect – just tell them like, hey, where to start in the basics. 
then they'll be more inclined to help you too. Like play it back yeah. and forth. They're not going to take all the good product from there. Yeah. Like and if they do, you have a really bad business model. It's well, and you're always kind of something I, I just see from you is you're always in the gear of how can I provide others value? And then I'll get some value in return. So, I mean, that, that just sets you up really well for Big kind service. of all, all business. Big service, That's really yeah. what people need to be thinking about when they want anything in life is how can I offer value? And then at some point down the line, I'm sure I'll get some in return, but that, 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 and then you're, you really don't care if you fail. Like you, you really don't. Like you just keep going after it and going after it. Can you kind of speak to um, how you maintain that momentum and just navigate from, you know, topic to topic without losing speed? Like with store managers and stuff? Anything, yeah. I mean, it, it's just kind of you're how just, you work. Yeah, you you just like uh, I think I get what you're trying to say is like you're you're just so boom 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 like one door closes you just kick down the next door and you just keep going. I have ADHD and I'm hyper focused <laughs> on making a bag. Like <laughs> it just works. Like I don't know. No, I know, but some people I think that they get you know not like failure, but I, I think you you have no I don't want to say no shame, but especially when it comes to talking to people in store managers, like you're just. If if it, hey if you can fix this if you can work for me you can if you can't see you later I'll find someone else who can get the job. Yeah. I mean at the end of the day who wants my money like who do I want the right. money from? like people are gonna help me I'm out like right you know it's it's a value thing like my closest people they provide a ton of value to me why are they my closest because they provide the value like and I provide the value back I want to reciprocate it like right. I'm not just give you lead 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 and then you give me nothing right like. You're getting like you're not gonna get anything from me versus oh yeah you kick me stuff here and there we're bullshit on the phone this and that like okay that's how you build the connection like I mean I know you cat you're always the one that says what do I do at trade shows he finds whoever he knows like the least and just goes and talks to them the entire time this is true like he'll literally go up to a group of people that he doesn't know at all and then that'll be who he spends the entire time with and then he'll just come back to the room and be like all right I'm going to bed for his two hour nap that he calls a slumber and then wake up and do it all over again. Yep. But why I do that? Because I have my friends. Why do I need to hang out with my friends at events that I can hang out with anytime? Why not meet new people, learn different skills, different things? I have a call with the people tomorrow or next, tomorrow or Friday that I'm at ASD to help me on the next frontier of my business. Yep. This is why I do it because your friends, like I can always talk to these guys. I love them to death, but I'm trying to meet new people, trying to figure out different strategies. Like there's so much out there and everybody's just like in their little box. It's like I used to send so many cold DMs back in the day for that outreach, like the other sellers, like you just shoot your shot. Like some people are real nice and like other people just won't be as nice. Like it just depends like what they want to do with their time and stuff. Like Steve, if you're doing, what were you saying? Yeah, bro. Well, I just saw you selling online. Uh, what's going on? I gotta reach out. Here we go. Is that your Steven impression? <laughs> I mean, so Steven, you're 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 going, and you're 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 not afraid to new, meet new people. Um, so it's gonna serve you very well in business, and honestly, kind of like a serial killer's dream. Like that's what you are. But <laughs> just talking to strangers. But um, no, but I, I do see you do that. You're, you you know a lot of people. Um, and honestly, like the, the, your ability to, to create those relationships is, 
is what really sets you apart. Um, now, kind of shifting a little bit, how did Q4 go? Did we learn anything? What do we want? What do we want to talk about here? I know you had some ambitious goals. Ah, oh, Q4 did not go as planned. Amazon lost a big shipment. Um, somehow the closing date even got pushed back. It was supposed to close the other day. But on another note, they lost like at least eighty thousand rev on that. Um, really slow check-in times. Like we we're still packed pretty heavy with Q4 stuff. But some of the stuff we did plan to sell now, and that's moving. Uh, we. Like we do sell a lot of stuff with Amazon on the listing. So like Amazon just dropped the price significantly. We kind of expected that. We expected also to sell through some a lot of that during Q4 too. Like, I think our inventory evaluation is still like 450,000 right now um, of rev. And there's that. Um, but if I had to do Q4 over again, what I would do is I would do small shipments, still FBA most of it but send them daily and like do like four or 500 units rather than like a thousand or yeah. uh, 2000 thing. We work on four or five days and send it in versus repetitively sending it in. They lose when one gets messed up. That's fine. We still have the majority of other stuff going in yeah. versus like is that sending the, one massive one in just keep repetitively sending small ones. Is that to spread the risk just among shipments? Yeah. You're increasing because, your surface area of luck. Like yeah. if you're all dependent on one, you know, one shipment and it's a huge shipment and something goes wrong, you're toast. So that's a yeah. good learning lesson for next year. TEB9, baby. Yeah, it went TEB9 too. It decided oh, to it? truck and truck it somewhere, an entire shipment. They received 42 out of, I believe, 1,800 units. <clears throat> Dude, no TEB9 for sure just takes all their products, chucks it in the fuck it bucket, and then just leaves it there. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Like they that in Indiana one. Like, I had some that stuff. That is in the Bro, IND4 is the yep, worst. Just had some stuff and IND4 is shoes, so you know the employees. I swear to you can look up. There's articles. There's like a petition for people to like look like from the local news stations. Like people are signing it to look into what's going on at IND4. Yeah. 100% there's people that work at IND4 that sell shoes on the side. And are we, need, we need to do a fit check in Indiana. We need to see how wow. they've got some styling sneakers for sure. Yeah. That's <laughs> Bro, they'd be slapped their own FNSQ SKU label on there. <laughs> Maybe they do. Nah, that's crazy. <laughs> that would be wild. But like, yeah, that that. Eight eight a. Bro, imagine coming to imagine coming to work with a pocket full of effing skews and you're literally just slapping them guns on there like every single day. You're doing prep in the parking lot. <laughs> prep them and throw them on the conveyor belt. Dude, yeah. I wonder if that that would obviously mess up the system. But like, I wonder if that would actually work if you. Were it would work. Them. What do you? I mean. Yeah. Plus, totally they, have, they have such high volume. They probably just wouldn't even just be whatever. Oh, got a weird one. Yep. That's crazy. What's missing? Like, they just never would have received it. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. The more you like, the more you kind of get into the weeds of all the logistics, it it just gets crazy. Like there there is some leakage not only from Amazon, but then uh, you know the the carriers like they're dealing with it. But um, you know that's when you just throw seller investigators in here, you'll be fine. But I mean, a big thing helps plug early could just like. My VA does the leakage aspects. Like yeah, we lose yeah. and those aspects. His part of his job is to submit the invoices, submit everything. Yep. Yep. So because I know you're a huge proponent of having at least one staple VA. Can you talk a little bit about that? I know this is one of your favorite topics. Oh, this is what don't even get you got me started. <laughs> so there's there's things you can do with the VAs. 
what I'd say is you always need, if you're, it is a group, like you have one, you can have as many sourcing VAs as you want. It does not matter of like your group. You need one personal VA. You don't share them. He can know your, some of your trade secrets. He can know your stuff. And he's, he, he, once you get to trust with him, like he'll probably start sourcing. You'll start working on other stuff. But he can do your um, administrative stuff. He can do your purchasing. He can he can do some sourcing if he runs out of stuff to do. But he can just do the dumb stuff. That, not even dumb stuff. I just, that's the wrong repetitive, word. Repetitive. Repetitive. Not even repetitive. The stuff you just don't like to do. Like, no. like I am terrible at staying organized and doing paperwork. My yes. VA is goaded at that. Like, yeah. I just don't do that. Like, no, you should be offloading. Weird. You should be offloading your weaknesses. Yeah, I was gonna say. To your point, like I'm not great with organization. Our shared VA is far and away better, and so I can dive in, understand how to do something, teach her, and then the quality of that is gonna be a lot better. So, yeah, to your point. When do you think people should get VAs? There's a scale, money, time. Where are you at in your scale? Yep. You have more time than money. Well, if you have more time than money, then you got to do everything. If you have twenty thousand dollars sitting in the bank and you don't have enough time to source because you're doing other stuff or you don't have enough time to buy it, then you get a VA. Yeah, it's basic. It's like what's needed. I think when when balls begin to be dropped in your business, that is the moment. So if you can no longer reasonably, you know, attend to your commitments, your personal. Uh, you know, gym, whatever it is, and you're starting to just have this backlog of stuff that you literally don't have time for it. That's probably the moment where you need it. It's scary letting go too, especially yeah. like when you, when you, I don't know, for me at least, I think I've heard a lot of people talk about this too as entrepreneurs, like, like letting go of, because, you know, if you're an entrepreneur and you're starting your own business, you, you basically, everything's on you. And so you've built this thing up by yourself pretty much. And you've done every aspect and you're at least for me, I'm like such a control freak. So letting go has been like weird. I'm like, okay, well this yeah. she can definitely do this and she can handle that. And that also helps because we hired a killer. I mean like RV, you know, yeah. she's, she's a goat. So yeah. I mean, I'm confident yeah. in her, in her uh, ability to really do anything. She's yeah. super smart. So. I mean, she's great. I mean, shout out Lance. Like he does a great job. Uh, we have some, I haven't told you guys about this, but we have some things in the works that um, I just gave him full autonomy on because he's demonstrated over an extended period of time that he does a really nice job. So like shout out Lance, um, surprise for you guys, I guess at some point, but um, no, just being able to have that like good back and forth and that trusting relationship um, to let go is a, like, a, it's, it's a hurdle. Cause I remember when we started this podcast, I was editing it and could I be sourcing? Could I be, you know, helping, you know, train, you know, our, our admin VA, you know, th there's other things that I could be doing. And, you know, we, Lance is really good at this. So I, I just let him go, you know, he does a nice job. So, um, Steven's like best friends with his VA. Your VA is in our, our discord. He added, he added, oh, dude, he's in the restocks. Like stop restocks. He's in the voice. He's in Pakistan. So his time when he's not working is not when I'm up. So he gets literally the restock. Well, you guys are slumped. Well, my guy just chatted stock that out before you guys woke up. Like, yeah. what's, the, what's the biggest hack that you've come across? In your in your experience with having 
a virtual assistant? Like, what's the biggest lift for you? Competence and being like, you know, my VA is not afraid to put me in my place. Like, obviously, he's like very reasonably too. Like, all right, I I said I was gonna do something and I forgot to. Like about three or four times, he'll really get on my case, and that's what made him stand out from every other VA. Because I hired other VAs are oh like they like all hail Steven. No, like that's not what I want. Like I want someone who's gonna put me in my place when I slack, when I'm screwing up. Hey, hey, you didn't do this right, or hey, where's like, um, hey, we need to get on a call about this. Like most of them just kind of like like want to tiptoe around when in reality, like especially if you're a guy, like you don't mind getting told like yo, like this needs done and this that. And, like I love that with my VA, and I I almost fired at the start. Cause I was looking for someone like Kyrie knew how to source and stuff. And he would be all my case out stuff and wanted me taught and trained and learn. Like, and because he was so like um, determined to get good, like yeah. bro became like, became my top VA. You yeah. can't teach that. That's like innate. No. That, and uh, that drive and the desire to want to, the, the desire to want more, learn more and uh, yeah, yeah work hard that you can't teach that, you know? And I'm not someone to ever stop him. Like, like I want him, and I ask nowadays to like ask how much should we buy. And sometimes he's right, sometimes he's wrong, and sometimes we go through this thing even if he's wrong because then I can walk through at some point that lesson with him. Do I lose some money? Yes, but do what? What do I want at the end of the day? Do I want to run an OA store or do I want to work on something else? Even in the Amazon space, and that's what I'm working on right now. Is other things in the Amazon space. Well, he gives me that ability to be able to work on other things. So I trust him. Like he's got a credit cards mine. Like he does purchasing. Like he, he does a lot of the stuff that like, and I, and that's, I've had the conversation with him at some point too, is down the line, if he ever wanted to be under him, because I put a lot on him. And if he can't do his job and he says he's good right now, but at some point, probably within the next six months, he's going to need somebody under him as we grow. And I add my responsibility on him. Yep. And that's when he'll need somebody under him. To do the other tasks yeah. that more maybe more the organization whatever he does want but that's growing a business is you're building it out versus you know you're doing nothing as you're doing this ten thousand dollars a month you're scared to do prep like you're scared to get prepped other people but you can't scale it right like, yeah I, I save money on prep but could you bought more inventory during that time yeah time like what do you value your time at that's what the prep center for me was you know, I did out how many hours a month I was prepping. And then, you know, I divided by that how much time that was going to cost me to go to a prep center. And I was valuing my time at like $4 an hour or something like that. Like yeah. I think, I think people do themselves a disservice and they like, they don't when, especially when you're starting, they place so much emphasis on money because that's probably a limiting factor at that time. But as things kind of progress, think about the implications of bringing all of that prep into your home the stress that it adds to you over time, a strain on relationships. Unless you have an outfit like Steven, we could we could talk about that because that really empowers your RA operation is that you basically have a warehouse. Oh, I'm yeah. not doing it. My preppers, like they, one broke his hand, the other one's kind of working all their stuff. And I'm also traveling, so yeah. and like sales tax stuff. But for Q4, so like, it worked. Yeah, for Q4, it worked very well. We'll probably get, we'll get it going potentially next year for Q4. Yeah. But like we sent like – yeah, I mean, it just a lot of products just make sense in the prep. Like, do it, did I send some stuff to my house or prep today? Yeah, because my prep rates wouldn't match on one thing because it was like literally a, a 
very close, like thirty percent ROI. And and we can get started on my ROIs too about where we have to go in a Ooh, minute. That's a good but, we could, we could um, this is fine. I've sold this in the past. I sold 200 of them and then I got four returns. That made sense to run at a 30% ROI since I didn't get returns in the past. A 2% return rate is a very healthy return rate. That's mm -hmm. beautiful. Because yeah. normally your ROI is a lot higher. Like I, I send you leads and you laugh at me. Because you're, <laughs> what, what is your ROI requirement, Stephen? It depends on the product. Like, But I've heard a number. Like, all right, so usually it's a 30%, but I have to know the return rate or no ish. Like, if you're pretend buying Puma socks and you've sold another sock in the past across the board, well, you know that's going to have a low return rate versus, you know, you buy some women's bras. I've done that before in store. Shout out to Haynes back no in the shame. day. No shame. No shame. Dude, I have carloads of them. Um, Creeper. Those run a 20% return. It eats your bottom line. Yeah. If I ran a 30% ROI on that, I would lose money mostly or break even somewhere in that round. I didn't run the actual numbers on that, but I know I have a 20% return rate on like four or 500 units sold. Yep. So with that being said, like it doesn't make sense with a 30% return on investment. And like women's stuff is usually 60%. Ooh. If not higher potentially. Yep. Because um, you got to make the hassle worth the time. Yeah, I mean, you just have to make money at the end of the day. Like, yeah. we have someone that got literally their store, like, not audited, but an account, like, they ran the books on it. Like, he wasn't making much money on some products that he thought he was because he didn't have a high enough ROI. Yep, yep. Nope, that makes a lot. Your tax on fees and other things, too, that Amazon charges you. Like, look at all the things they hit, hit you on fees. Like, yep. it's not just, like, you get the product back. You got all the fees. You got... Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, um, I know that you're traveling over the next month or so. I do think you're going to bail on me for Switzerland. Um, oh. I think you've already bailed in the Instagram DMs, but what are your 2024 goals outside of bailing on our trip? <laughs> I would still like to make our trip happen. I'm even, hold up. I'm going to bail. Don't, bro is just yapping out here. Like, just, <laughs> yapping. Just yapping, like, He's yapping. I just don't want to get his numbers up, but um. <laughs> Pretty sure he canceled. Yeah. I, 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 I have receipts. I have receipts. <laughs> I have receipts. <laughs> but um, no, wait. We'll get a ski trip because I'm going skiing out west in like February, and then March is open, so we can bounce there in March. Are you? You're um, not doing. Wait, are you still going to Thailand, right? Yeah, I'm going there. Like that's booked. I leave on the twentieth. So you're go. What are you just gonna go from Thailand over to Switzerland? <laughs> No, I go to Thailand. I'm gonna come back for ASD. Um, and I'm skiing out west with the fam. Pete, you're also welcome. Any guys welcome to join that too? All right. Like, fuck that. Um, I was gonna ski between Thai between ASD and uh, the ski trip is the week after, so I was just gonna stay out there out west. And then you're gonna but, go back to Thailand, or you stay? How long are you going to Thailand for? I don't know. ASD is kind of the only thing that I'm riding up against. So we'll get you to Miami. Uh, probably not. Just because like, it is the time I have over there. Yeah, that's um, true. I'd love to go, but I just, yeah. Wow. This guy's a real scumbag, huh? Him and Jimmy. Him and Jimmy just finessing <laughs> and puddling out in Thailand, bro. Unbelievable. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, <laughs> there's was like straight darts at Jimmy. They had no beef with Jim Bob, Slim Bob. No, you just go, okay, okay. It's like that caught me off guard a little bit. So, <laughs> um, so what are we, 
or is there anything that new you're looking to incorporate in your business? Anything? Or are you just same plan as you know as we've been been on? Yeah. So we'll go back a bit. So this year originally I wanted to focus on wholesale, and I'll say why I'm not going as hard on wholesale. And I mean wholesale is great. I have a lot of funds, and I have been doing LA for a long time. I am able to spend my funds pretty easily, almost like POs. And it doesn't make sense to take a lower return on ROI on wholesale. You have more lead times and um, like you just kind of buy for a longer amount of time. And for me, in my business at the moment, it does not make sense since I don't have as big of a cash reserve. And wholesale is what I will work into as I, as in kind of the VA, if I have more cash sitting then invest, then I need to invest that money and I can put it more in a wholesale. Um, so, but I have some other like private label products some content stuff. And that's a real outlook on um, this year is just building out those other avenues and stuff. Big announcements coming soon? In a while, in a while, in a while. You basically do wholesale. Yeah, you do wholesale. You do wholesale. It's basically wholesale. You yeah, just, also, you've actually found a way to finesse the system because the, the margins are a lot and the ROI is a lot higher away. And you, tr you do that like wholesale. Yeah. I think to your point, what you're saying earlier, almost you'd probably lose, you would lose money making wholesale from what you're doing right now. Um, yeah. But you've been able to systemize that out and really build those uh, relationships and stuff, which is so important, which we also talked about earlier and stuff, but you know, it's scalable in the way that you're doing it great but I, I think i think you need a distinction because i think it's scalable either way but the way you're doing it is the smartest way in my opinion like yeah i mean like i won't look at a website oh gosh i mean i don't even look at these ones but like um i know hibbit will cancel a lot i don't look at hibbit because i'm not getting bulk from it like i'm not gonna look at these sites that they're just not gonna buy volume from because that's not where my business is made like my money's made like a few big plays I go to and everything I buy is like backdoor. Like you will rarely ever see me purchase something at the sticker price. Like you might think, you know where I'm getting it from. I'm getting it from somewhere else probably. And, or if I'm getting it from there, I'm getting it for a lower price than you are. And I mean that in a genuine way. Cause like I, like I, my business kind of operates in the area of like, the ins and outs and the weird areas. And like these guys bought stuff for me too. Like, like they see the stuff, some of the stuff I buy, like it's, it's never, usually, it's like moated. Like I don't use really gift cards much on some websites that a little bit I do, but majority no. Yeah. Um, like nothing against it. It's just, I'm not organized. So if I get canceled or something, I'm screwed. I'm losing more money. So yeah. we're, we're keeping it basic, but most people are not able to, they don't, have the energy that you do to even do, what you do. <laughs> or they're just like the way that I think the way that you th you see things is you're constantly reverse engineering to the best possible solution for what that thing can give you and like to the extreme and you're yeah. really good at breaking down systems and like attacking it from behind so you can get access to something that typically someone wouldn't even bother doing because it takes so much effort but if they could it would be worth a lot of money you know, and I think you're really good at that. And it's just, it is interesting because I don't know. I don't know. I don't know a ton of OA sellers and stuff like that, but you're the most unique one, I think, by far out of everyone. Well, I'm looking for loops. Like, that's literally a lot of businesses find, like, different things and stuff. 
in that and like not a lot but some of it is you the majority of it is building the relationships but like i like to look for the weird things that like maybe like this could add to this and then all right like the cuprit the uh capital and shopping it's not going to pull these codes up like and then a lot of it just comes down to the network too like the boys are throwing loops back and forth to you like you know it's not it's not the basic thing but so yeah i mean like like i said you know you go deep on stuff and i don't know and that's honestly is like you just buy it at certain times and there's no one stuff's good no one this stuff's good like we bought something that i wish i bought a thousand units of i bought 300 units of like we're sold out we sold out and there's a lot of stuff i wish i could do q4 different if i did it differently i would bought no, gotten also a couple of longer term loans and some bigger ones what is sure but you're also you're not afraid to go against the grain like you you look at a situation and you are you have a sense of what everybody's doing and you're not afraid to go against that so when people are dipping you're diving and so i think that's something that you should really think about if you're starting oa is like you got to think a little differently i'm using the same way like a va thinks an average va will think the same way that every other average va thinks yes let me go run the coupon codes let me reverse horse Mm-hmm. My VA is probably banned from reverse sourcing because every lead freaking tanks. Like, why? Because everyone's reverse sourcing. He's got to do manual, but he's set on missions up. He's set on this with this coupon, and he only sources that way. Like, it's a specific site. He gives like four sites a day, four or five. He sources every day. Mm-hmm. He's cool. But after, and we just started this, but after a couple of weeks, he'll know these products. Just be able to scroll. Like, all right, this price changed. All right, let's pop this open. All right, scroll, scroll more and pop. And it'll be based stuff. He knows I'm buying what I want. It's not rocket science. I do think reverse sourcing works when like you're just starting and you don't yeah. have any of this infrastructure in place that takes time. Yeah. So like you don't need the week and a half to get it into FBA and you're going to FBM it, get in and get out. And you're just taking out markets. Like I think well, that is fine. You almost need to start by reverse sourcing because yeah. you're not going to know what to sell, yeah. right? Like you, you, if you go manual and you just go one by one by one on every single product on the site, so it's going to take forever. But by you start to learn the market by looking at what other people are selling. And then eventually you kind of know, okay, everyone's selling, you know, black shoes. Okay. When I go on this website, I'm gonna look for black shoes. And you kind of just are able to do that. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, but like why it doesn't work for us is we can't buy 10 units or a test buy. That's no, not for, for you. Like, like our test buy 50 to a hundred. Like 500 units of test buy sometimes for us in certain situations. Reverse. We okay, we buy lower, like less product, oh, very often. Yeah. But on a usual thing, we need to buy a lot of units. And we think it's good. If I think it's going to tank, I'm not buying it. The Kiva chart is not perfect. Stuff doesn't make sense because that's when you lose money. And that's like yeah. literally how you, like, you are, you are extremely particular. Yeah, like very particular. But that's why I've made a lot of money doing this. Like, right. because, yep. like you can reverse. Like I could throw my storefront out here. On my good ASINs, you guys reverse source for years. You're never. I literally, I know one of your loops, and I still have not cracked it. No, I know your loops, but I just that just you know. It I is, haven't been able. To, I mean, I respect. I wanted to do it for the one time just to know that I knew. But I <laughs> look look at Steven's eyes. Like, do you see his eyes just go like this? I don't care. You can crack <laughs> it. <laughs> he's not, he's not I some, my next prep center sign NDA on my loops. On some of my aspects. Really? Fair enough. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. You're signing an NDA? I already signed the NDA, so I won't comment on anything. Yeah. 
I can't I can't disclose where Steven gets any of his products from. Oh, you oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They only like big tan. Yeah, but like some of the ads, like I need to hide with them. Like I need moats around. Like if some of this stuff comes out, like, yeah, I'd be screwed. No, well, that's not, not like, cast my boy, but like also like, this is like something like, I don't share. Like, this is right. No, no, and I respect that's, that. like, I mean there's nothing personal about that. That's just like yeah. business at the end of the day. Like yeah. that's this is how you know, weird. I've never asked for it, but like no, nah, this I mean this is how you make your money. You know, it's, yeah, exactly. He so. calls me up. He goes, "Oh, we're this isn't going to be a fun conversation." I'm just, I'm just like, "All right, I'll, I'll draft over an NDA and send it over to you." I'll have like the lawyer draft up an NDA. I feel bad because my boy, I absolutely trust him. No, nah, but it's, at a certain point, it's it's just it's, yeah, it's it almost, business, it almost makes the relationship easier because then it's just it's like, hey, we're both good. you don't have yeah, to think about it. it. You know what? It yeah. actually is. It actually is more trustful. Because then you just don't have to worry about anything, and it just is what it is. Yeah. Then you know, you know, because I think another thing too is like doing business with friends can get tricky sometimes, um, and I think that's where like communication and like being honest with people is huge. Yeah, like I just can't say enough about communication. I don't know. Some people, well, like, I mean, me, within our group, we don't have to worry about it. Like if someone's messing up, everybody is trust the group and knows that everybody's looking out for each other. Right. And then if I have to tell you that you're being stupid, I still love you, but you're being stupid. It's okay. Yeah. Well, I got a bonus gem. I have a call at seven o'clock, but I got a bonus gem for anyone who's made this one. How to keep your limit up on your Amex Plum card. There it is. <laughs> there it is. My favorite conversation to have with you. <laughs> so that's new. How do I not get a $4,000 Plum limit? Like somebody in this call has a little question. Why? Because you didn't listen. I'm on lock now. I'm on lock now. What are your what's your spend limit, boy? It's boy, he said, boy, what's your spend limit, boy? Private private information. All right. But, um, we we have I'm a start limit now at over a hundred like hundred and twenty or hundred fifty thousand. I forget. I know how to do it right. This is the key. You pay in large increments. You don't pay a thousand here or a thousand there. You ran it up for, we'll say, we'll use hundred thousand dollars example. Minimum payment, when the minimum payment comes around, it has to be half, like minimum. Ideally, you pay it all in full. That can always happen. No, you pay it as much as you can if it's on a non preset spending limit. And if it's not, if you already have a crappy hard limit, you rail it with big payments. That is how you get that limit up. Like, literally, like, I have a decent credit. I have a good credit score. But, like, I um, just hit it with massive payments. And, like, my average spend used to be, like, 60000 70000 a month. And, like, I railed over Q4. And, like, I wanted to get it higher. And I don't mind I got locked in at that limit because I now have a hard limit. But if you are a broke person, you are going to do it with small payments. And then what is the amic- American Express gonna think you are. You're a brokey. So you want to look looks insecure. Yeah. You want to look big. Grabbing you want, you want to get that payment over the whole month of your daily payouts, and then you save it, and then you hit American Express with that fifty thousand dollar payment. If you have it up for a hundred thousand, whatever it is, you want to pay more than that at least half of that balance because that makes it so you have looks like you have money. You don't want to carry balances. You can't screw up other credit cards. Like I have a feeling, and this is. I, this is like a guess, but I think they kind of know when you run up another credit card a lot, and that could also affect your preset spending limit and your credit score can also affect it. But that's only that's a stipulation on if you have a high credit score on another card. 
That is not factual information. The other stuff is factual because I've called American Express like many times. How can I increase my spend power? How can I run it better? So Bro that's a job. there. Uh, oh, yeah. Guy again. He, all the call center agents, all 7,000 of them, they all know him. They probably have a nickname. They probably have a nickname for you. I'm actually got pinned up in like wherever all the call centers are, like India and stuff. Like, don't pick up this guy. Don't talk to this guy. Real oh, quick. God, it's mules again. I know you're going to go real quick. <laughs> um, we got to wrap this up. But uh, what, can you explain to people why you chose the hard limit over a flexible spending in this particular circumstance? I didn't choose it, but when I was forced to take it, they gave me a lot of money. Oh, they for, why, oh, I thought you chose it. Yeah, so they were like, no, I didn't ask for it. I was inquired about it, and like, then they did like a review on my account. They do, like I guess, yearly. And then like I had some three months of statements, and I got a little healthy. Like, I was paying my stuff on time. Um, I did have like a massive balance. I had, like, I think, $170,000 balance on it. Like, some ridiculous balance on it after Q4. And then they... Gave it like forced me to get take um gave me a hard limit, but they gave me a high hard limit because of my payment history. My average payment, I think at the like a while ago when I talked, it was like forty three thousand dollars. Like this is a couple months ago. Like I haven't talked asked them what it was recently, but and obviously it's gone up over time. So with them seeing that they wanna give you more money because you're responsible with it and you have a high payment. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So but well, cool. Well, Stephen, thank you for joining as our unofficial fourth host. We appreciate you coming into uh, the tribe of hosts on your first episode, real episode. Um, but thank you for for coming on. Thank you for running with sets with Stephen. More to come there. Um, and yeah, to the audience, we'll catch you next time. Next time. <laughs>